And I tell you what, I I, I kind of wonder sometimes because I think if we if more of us were reading the book, more of us would look a little bit more excited. Hmm, it's gonna be all right. I said it's gonna be all right. Come on, if you believe that, give God another hand tonight. He's worthy. Amen. If you're here tonight and you don't own a Bible, if you hold your hand up, the ushers will bring one to you. It's our gift to you. I want to make sure everybody's got a copy of the Word of God. I want you reading this book, not just taking my word for it. Don't, don't, don't just sit there and listen and just buy into everything I say. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. You've got to get to know God. If, if we're going to walk being led by the Spirit of God, then we got to know God. And one of the best ways to get to know somebody is to converse with them. And, you know, so you're going to have to develop a prayer life. But effective prayer is going into the presence of God with God's Word, getting to agreement with God on that Word. It's not going to God and complaining. And it doesn't really help you going to God and pointing out what, well, if He's God, He already knows. Right? You, you, don't have, you don't have to use your words to describe things. God has empowered you to use your words to change things. So when you get into agreement with God on His Word, you begin to speak God's Word into your situation. Seems like all hell's come out against you. Well, yeah, but no weapon formed against me can prosper. No weapon formed against my family can prosper. No weapon formed against my house can prosper. Hello, somebody. And here's the enemy thinking that he's got you, you know, right where he wants you. And here you are realizing you ain't, you ain't even touch it. You can't touch this. Look at, look at somebody say, you can't touch this. Amen. Get in that book. You got your Bible with you tonight? We're going to stand together one more time. We're going to hold our Bible up and make a confession together. We're going to, we're going to rapid fire tonight and get out of here before the room gets too hot. Praise Jesus. Hold your Bible up and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I am what this says I am. I have what this says I have. Say, I will do what this says I can do. Do you mean that? Some of you are just looking at you already. You've got to change your posture. I'm going to do, I will do what this says I can do. This says that I have strength for all things I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. So don't look all sad and depressed right now. Realize I'm going to do what this says I can do. I'm going to demonstrate Satan's defeat if I'm, I'm going to laugh in his face tonight. Amen? Say from this moment forward, I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more shout. Amen. Amen. You, you know, when life is getting difficult, it's easy to be sidetracked by sideshow distractions. You know, it would be really neat, I guess, if when we came to Christ and we connected to God through relationship with Jesus Christ, it, it would just really be neat if everything all of a sudden just got really smooth. But... Have you ever asked yourself the question, why, you know, why does the Bible, why is it referred to as the good news? Have you read it? Paul and Silas went to prison. Everybody that hung around Jesus ended up in a storm. The three Hebrew children went into a fiery furnace, fired up seven times hotter than ever before. 
David goes out to fight a, a giant. Right? I mean, they grew him big and fed him garlic. This was a, this was a giant. This was, you know, the story would read totally different if David had gone out and beat up a midget. But he, but he faced a giant that, that an entire nation was running scared from. And, and we call it the good news. Why? Because by the time you reach the end of the story, you win. You got to sometimes, you got to stir something up on the inside of you that, that, that just refuses to allow the enemy to distract you. That's why the Bible says take every thought captive, beat it into obedience. You can't let your mind wander around and looking at your circumstances and you begin to feel sorry for yourself. Now, I, I know that often what we want is somebody to come up alongside of us and pat us on the head and, and comfort us. But really what we need is somebody to come up and knock us upside the head and tell us, come on, you've got to act like a believer. You either believe God's word is true or you don't. And the fact of the matter is, is that the greater your understanding, the, the, the deeper your relationship with God, the more you'll know God's not going to leave me like this. He's not going to leave me like this. But, but if I begin to waver, doesn't the Bible say something about, uh, you know, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't, don't let that double-minded man think he's going to receive anything of God. Why? Because we've stepped out of the realm of faith and into the sense realm, into the, you know, it's just, it's the reason realm. In order for God to perform the unreasonable, you might have to be willing to cross the line of reason. See, the miracle often isn't what we think the miracle is going to be. We, we, we paint a picture of what the miracle is. And even when we describe the story, quite often we disclose our ignorance because we, we say that the miracle was this. That wasn't the miracle at all. I mean, remember when they went into Jericho and they marched around the city how many times? Just seeing if anybody ever reads. And on the seventh time, they shouted and they blew the trumpets. And what happened? The walls came down. Well, the miracle, the walls came down. That wasn't the miracle. The miracle was that people who had spent 40 years in the wilderness for murmuring had went seven days without saying anything. It's serious. The miracle is, is that people that had a natural bent towards negativity and complaining, that's why they were out there. That they could hold their stuff together long enough to walk around for seven days and not let their thought life get the best of them and then say something stupid. And when they shouted, I'm sure that a lot of it was just bent up frustration. You know, I don't think anybody went... Hey, well, you got you got this army of people screaming their guts out and the walls are coming down tonight. I'm here to tell you that the miracle is released in your ability to obey what he said. And if you don't know what he said, how the heck are you going to obey it? But if you do know what he said and you don't do it, 
The Bible also says to him that knows what's right to do and doeth it not, it is sin. So if you know the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, you don't have the luxury to not rejoice because you don't like how stuff's going. But if you know God, even in the middle of hell, you got a stupid grin on your face, and they're asking you, what are you doing? Getting ready. i got a rejoice coming up. I can't help it. Why? Well, because I know even though I'm here, I won't be here long. Anybody ever went through hell? I know some of you did. I saw you when I was going through there. You know, there's only, there's only one thing you've got to remember when you're going through hell. Don't stop. You, 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 know, you know, if you're falling, fall forward. Just throw another step out there and crawl yourself through that mess. But realize that at the end, see, the, the greater the difficulty, really the greater the testimony. So if God's really growing a testimony in you, you know, it's time to rejoice. Doesn't make any difference how many years it looks like this ain't going to work. God's word never fails. So God's word never fails. John 10.10, do we know it yet? The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows. We're talking about eternal life, God life. God life is bigger than your problem. I said God life is bigger than your problem. There's more life than there is death. There's more hope than there is despair. What? If you're going to run out of something, run out of despair. If you're, going to, if you're going to have a shortage on something, have a shortage on anger. I was going to get mad, but I can't. I'm all out. You know, we have this twisted mindset that everything good is just a limited amount, that everything bad, there's just tons of it. Well, God life is a different perspective. God life, there's more life than death. There's more health than sickness. There's more provision than there is lack. There's more joy than there is sorrow. So don't hang on to your sorrow. Trade it. Exchange it. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That that literally means they shall exchange what they have and what they are for what he has and what he is. What you need to do is figure out how to act like Christ would act in your current situation. Because if you are in Christ, the same authority and power that he had, that he operated in, is now yours, and you can operate in that authority. But you have an enemy that's using all kinds of sense and reason to try to get you to act like a mere human being. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if any man be in Christ, if any one, Anyone, that that word any is kind of cool because that, that, that means you. In it. Look at it. If any person is engrafted in Christ, he is a new creature altogether. You're new. So you gotta stop living like the old you and start acting like the new you. Look at your neighbor say, happy new you. We're gonna have Christmas in August. Happy, happy new year. The old previous moral and spiritual condition, that's gone. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. 
the problem is, is that a lot of us aren't acting like that. That's gone. We're acting like we still connected at the hip with a defeated lifestyle. Well, you're living the wrong life. Guys, I got to tell you that the, I, I really believe that the most important understanding, revelation that you can obtain is eternal life. Jesus came to give us eternal life, Zoe life. You, you realize that historically, you know, the Christians were so joyful. Nero stuck his fingers in his ears and asked, why must these Christians always sing? As they're burning Christians at the stake, they're singing praises to God. And people are rushing out of the stands to join them, to convert, knowing what their fate will be. But refusing to live life separated from the life that those people possessed. And we're having a bad hair day, and we're walking around acting like God's forgotten who we are. Well, the reality is, is that we don't know eternal life. See, I don't care how big the devil is that's messing with you. It doesn't make any difference what the circumstances are that are coming against you. The God in you is bigger. The life in you is bigger than that problem. If you could have a clear visual perspective of who just took up residency inside of you, you'd realize that that problem really ain't that big of a problem. Well, you must not be going through what I'm going through. No, you're, 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 you're hanging on to the wrong stuff. Behold, that word behold means stop, focus, see this clearly. You gotta, you gotta stop it. You gotta stop it. Well, they're coming to repossess the car. Cool. Ain't got that payment no more. The only way they could repossess it is to cancel the payments. Right? So, well, how are we going to get around? God guides, God provides. Might do good to walk. Well, the doctor says, whose report are you going to believe? You know... Behold, stop, focus, see this clearly. The fresh and new has come. The fresh and new. That story you got going, that's an old story. You know, after the years of ministry that we've been uh, engaged in, people come and, 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 they, and they, they come for counsel, they come for encouragement, and they share their problem, and never, not one time, has anybody come in and shared something, and Shelby and I looked at each other and went, wow, never heard that before. It's always the same stuff. You, you should walk away from that old story. Step into the fresh and new. Come on now. Step into the fresh and new. Well, eternal life. I received Jesus and I've got eternal life. And, and that means I'm going to go to heaven someday. It includes that. But there's so much more. There is so much more than going to heaven. No, there's a life that absolutely humiliates hell that we get to live right here, right now. 
And as long as we don't get caught up in the carnal things. Do you know how frustrating it must be when hell vomits out all its fury on you and you stand here and you sing I lay down my everything, everything for Jesus. You gave everything. Some of us aren't sharp enough because we got a plethora of poop that we're hauling around. And bless God, I came in with it and I'm taking it all. <laughs> Man, it's time to lay that stuff down. It's time, it's time to step out of the junk into the life that Jesus came to connect you to. Don't, don't you think we kind of need to ask ourselves a question? Who would be willing to die for what I got? How many people are envious of what I possess? And if there aren't anybody, if there's no names you can come up with of real people, not, not the made up ones that you have in your head. <laughs> but if there aren't names, I mean, of people who are envious of what you possess, then, then you're hanging on to the wrong stuff. Now, I, I think that we've got to press into a place where we really encounter the reality of Zoe life, God life, eternal life. We, we, we probably ought to, ought to press in through prayer, through Bible, through study, through questions, through whatever it takes to find out what is it that I'm missing that isn't motivating me to get up and kick devil booty on a daily basis. I ought to have to backslide to go to bed at night. Just too excited about what God's doing to lay here and sleep. I, I just want to live the life. And seriously, the problems we have are positioning us to demonstrate Satan's defeat. I'm not thanking God for the problem, but in everything, in everything, give thanks. In, every, in the mess you're in, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you're infusing me with an inner strength. Thank you, Father. I, I know the family just seems to all act like they're crazed, but thank you, Lord, that you're bringing peace to my house. Thank you, Father, that you are my provision, and it doesn't make any difference what it looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like. You're on my side. You're, you're for me, not against me. You're not trying to put me down. You're trying to lift me up. You've got a hope and a future, and I'm going to just hang on to you. I'm going to make it through the storm, even if I have to just float on a chunk of wood. I'll cling to the cross. I'm going to make it through this thing. If you tell me to, I'll just rise up and speak to it. Peace. Peace. Be still. I'm going to act like I got peace. I'm going to act. Have you seen that, that little plaque, and it says, you know, you know act like a duck? It's just calm on the surface, but paddling like the devil underneath. I'm going to act like I got peace. I'm going to act like I got joy. And the people who are mad at me, that's just going to heap coals, burning fiery coals on their head. Because they know they've got me irritated, but wait a minute. Let's regroup here. Hello, fresh and new. That's an old story. 
That's, that's an old story. I, I, I got a step into the fresh and the new story. Somebody say amen. First John 4.17 says, because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Are you living the life just like he lived it? Now, don't think Jesus didn't have any chaos. Don't think he didn't have any challenges. Don't think that he didn't have any opposition. But you got to go through life with the same authority that he operated in. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now quickening your mortal body. He's indwelled in, in you. You are empowered by that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You know, if you just flip on the switch, if you just lock on God's word and refuse to be separated from that. Remember, Romans 8, 6 says to be carnally minded is death. That's going to separate you from life. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded, to, to, to have enough word in you that you know that you can declare the end of a thing at the beginning and what you got into agreement with God on, we're not backing off from. We're going to go all the way to the end. And in the middle, when the enemy thinks he's got us, he ain't got us. Right? Philippians 4.13. We've got this one. We'll put it on the screen. Philippians 4.13. You hear me quoted a lot. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who is infusing me with an inner strength. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I'm not looking outside here somewhere to find the power to deal with life. I have everything I need to live a life that is pleasing to God. I have the ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat. I have the power to walk through chaos and come out the other side in better condition than when I entered. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about me right now. Look at... Back up to verse 11. Philippians 4, 11. And again, reading from the Amplified. I'm not implying that I was in any personal want, for I have learned how to be content, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted, regardless of where I am. Check it out. I have learned how to be satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed. No matter what's going on. Quiet in here. Some of you look like you're disturbed with me right now. I am not disturbed. i got to tell you something. There are moments that seem very disturbing. Right? It's easy to become disquieted. That's easy. Anybody can do it. We all have a good heart. Thought I'd get one, amen. We all have a desire to be a great demonstration of a Christ follower. Nobody hits a hundred all the time. You know, in in the church world, I think sometimes we 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 get so off balance. You, you know, if you're batting three hundred. And baseball, you're doing pretty good. 
You know, what's the, what's the average, uh, you know, for completed passes in football? What's a good one? Come on, football studs. 40%, you're in the NFL. 40%, that means 60% of the time, nobody could catch that ball. You know, what? What's the, what's the deal with us in the church where we're under the impression that we're a failure when we have a bad moment? That's a lie from the pit. See, we all have a certain level of success some of the time. And all we really need to do is focus on increasing that. Just, just a little. You know, you're, you're struggling over here. Well, just, just get a little bit stronger over here now. You, you had your moment. You've been disquieted. You've been, you, you know, disturbed. Okay, now, peace. Be still. I gotta, get, I gotta get back in agreement with God. Because what the enemy is after is he, he wants to disrupt your relationship with God. And if he can get you to distrust God by Throwing a curveball in some other relationship, in some financial situation, and through through health. You know, here's the deal: you're an easy target, right? We all are. We, we we can easily be distracted by the things that don't really matter. What really matters is my relationship with God. And so that's what's under attack. My, my house isn't the issue. Hell don't really care about your house. It, what it cares about is your relationship with God. So if he can get you to distrust God by stirring up your house, can, can you imagine if your goal is for everybody in the house to get along? What a horrible goal. That's a nice ambition, beautiful desire. The goal stinketh. Because there's too many other people in your house that can cause you to fail if your goal is everybody getting along. Have you read the Bible? They tell you, it says in the Bible, be at peace with everyone who's possible. Which implies there's some folks you just can't be at peace with. (laughs) You shouldn't say amen that loud. Especially on that section. (laughs) I made myself laugh. Uh, The enemy's after your relationship with God. Just to, just to rob you of your ability to trust God, to, to know God. And see, if you don't really know God, then you begin to question as you're looking at life's circumstances and situations. You begin to, to reconsider the promises of God. Well, you begin to judge. Maybe that's not happening for me because I'm not good enough. Well, can we just deal with that one issue tonight before we go home? You're not good enough. I don't care how good you are. You ain't that good. It's not based on you. It's him. So if any man's in Christ, your old junk's gone. The new has come. Don't cling to the old and say, well, look at all the mistakes I made. That's why God's not blessing me. Because uh, now you're in agreement with, with the reality that you're not good enough. You need to be aware that you're not good enough, but you need to be connected with your reality that he was good enough. And now I get what God promised him because I'm a joint heir with Christ. 
And what he's got is mine. I don't have to bank on me. I'm banking on him. See, you, you, you don't have to be a genius to figure out Tom's got some issues. That don't make you like a genius. But, but Tom's not counting on Tom. Tom's counting on God. I know I screw up, but I have an advocate with the Father. And when I confess my faults, he's faithful and righteous to forgive me and to cleanse me every single one of them instantaneously. So I don't walk. Well, don't you feel bad about what you did? Not really. I don't have time to feel bad. It's hard to feel bad when you're feeling this good. I'm loving life. So I'm loving life. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm loving life too. We need to live like we're loving life. Look at verse 9. Philippians 4, 9. We're going backwards. See, we got strength for all things. We're not disturbed. So practice what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me. Paul writes, practice this and model your way of living on it. And the God of peace, of untroubled, undisturbed well-being will be with you. So you're going to have to practice this. You're going you're gonna to have to practice this. You might make mistakes, but you're going to have to practice. You, you, you might play for a team that never wins, but they still practice. Right? So you, 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 gotta go, you might have to go to daily doubles. Get up in the morning early and practice being happy. Come on, I know I'm preaching good now. Sometimes you ought to stand up here and look this way. You'd, you'd see what I mean. You, you need to practice walking in victory. I'm going to take 15 minutes this morning. I'm just going to practice walking in victory. I'm going to forget all the junk, and I'm just going to practice thinking like God thinks. Like this ain't no issue. I'm, I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice. I'm going to read it and repeat it and 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 read it and repeat it. I feel stupid. You are. But practice walking in wisdom. I'm just trying to be in agreement with you, make you feel better. You'll be all right. Practice. You know what we often do is we often get sucked down. I should be careful. Let's just move on. This life that Jesus came to give you, it's not for when you're dead. It's too late. Too late. It's for now. Man, I, I got like tons of scriptures that just go on and on and on. But the, the life is for now. Look at John five twenty four. John 5, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, the person who whose ears are open to my words, if he listens to my message and believes and trusts in it, clings to and relies on him who sent me, has, possesses now eternal life. Now. Everybody say now. now. Man, don't wait till you're dead to have some victory. Refuse to let go. It's for now. It is for now. Look at somebody say, it's for now. 
Look at John 6.47. 6.47. I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you, he who believes in me, who adheres to, trusts in, relies on, has faith in me, has now possesses eternal life. You've got it now. You've got it. You've got God life right now. I mean, can, can, can you imagine what it would be like to, at the end of life, after you, you, you've spent every day of your life walking to work, walking home, walking to the store, walking everywhere, and at the end of your life, three days before you kick the bucket, somebody comes in and says, Grandma, why didn't you drive the car? If your only response was, I couldn't find the keys. Well, have somebody help find the key. Call the locksmith. Hotwire it. But don't walk when you can ride. You've got eternal life now. Now. You've got victory, access to victory right now. Right. Right now. Well, I don't want anybody to think I'm foolish. Too late. If you got victory now and you're not walking in it, we need to have it now. See, what happens is a lot of us, we, we let eternal life stop right before it starts. We take familiar scriptures, John 3.16. Put, put that up for me. John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish. And we stop right there. In our lifestyle, you might quote the whole thing, but you don't live the whole thing. You just get satisfied with, well, I'm not going to hell. It's been 25 years getting up and testifying about the night you got saved. What we need to do is spend 25 years demonstrating the eternal life Everlasting life. Let me talk about that for just a minute and we're going home. Everlasting life. Everlasting life. Does, is, does, can you see that? That it means that it lasts forever. Right? So it's everlasting life. So when death comes to your house, but you've got life that lasts forever. See, death can't reside in the environment of everlasting life. So something dies, but you live through that. You got more life than they got death. So something comes and destroys your hope, but you've got everlasting hope. You've got a hope that stands up against hope. Because you have everlasting Life. God so loved you that he not only saved your hiney from hell, but he infused you with everlasting life. So you got more life than you know what to do with. You can't deal with all the life you got. But it's wise to at least try. To break some of it out. Practice. Practice unleashing life. Got a problem on the job. 
this weekend. Prepare your mind for going to work, demonstrating life. Somebody got your promotion. Go celebrate them. Because you can't disrupt God's destiny for me. So it's going to be kind of weird how God works this out, but God's going to be working this out. See, you might be homeless, penniless, broken, defeated, but if you know what God said he has promised for you, then you got more life than that elevation of death. So now it won't be long till the homeless guy's got a job and a wife and a baby on the way. It won't be long until your joy level peaks if you'll separate yourself from the death that the enemy is trying to introduce into your environment. Do what you want. I got everlasting life. You know, you've heard me say I could go home tonight and the house would be burnt down. How upset would I be? I, honestly, there ain't nothing in there that I couldn't experience life without. And I know that six months from now, I'd be in better shape than I am now. Now, I'm not praying God burn my house down. But I ain't going to freak out if it's when we get home, it's just ashes. I'll break out some sticks and we'll roast some weenies. Well, it's home plate night. Got to feed y'all. What's going to happen if you run out of money? That's going to be cool. Because my God's going to provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. What happens if Shelby gets upset? Well, she'll be over in a minute. She lives with me. <laughs> Greater is he who is in you. Have you met him? Do you know about him? Or do you know him? Because the more you know him, the more you'll realize that he's bigger than all this stuff. If God is for me, it doesn't matter what comes against me. It doesn't matter. Sense and reason says, oh, you're in trouble now. But I'm not in trouble. Psalms 119, verse 165. Great peace have those that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them, cause them to fall, slip, Stumble or fail. Great peace. Great peace. Great peace. Not a little bitty peace. A great big old honking peace. Right? It's kind of like when we have cake. We don't want a little piece. We want a peace. Right? Great. Interesting. Biblically, great. is where In the Greek word for great is mega. And our society has has chiseled our brain down to the point that we think mega means six more fries. You want to mega size that? Mega fries. You get six more fries. It's only a buck four. You know, it's just a dollar forty more, and you get like seven more French fries. Mega. No, mega. You got to go Fred Flintstone. Remember when they hauled the the ribs out and they they put them on a car and a car fell over? Those are mega ribs. Okay. We're talking about a piece that when you unleash it, when, when, have you ever bought one of those things that's in a, in a, it's like a sleeping bag, right? And it's in this little tiny bag, and you open it up and pull it out, and it goes, <laughs> and your whole family can get in there. 
And you can't get it back in that little container ever, ever again. Right? You jumping on it, rolling around, squeezing it, it just don't go back. That if you ever open up the peace that God has for you. Maybe that's what we've done is we've looked at it and we've saw this little package. And we think, well, that ain't going to do. That ain't going to do. I got to tell you something. If you ever open this up, you ain't got enough room in your life to contain the victory that's contained in here. You, ain't, you, you, don't, you, you couldn't possibly stir up enough trouble to evaporate the peace that's contained in here. Can't do it. So don't sit there and think that your current situation is too big for the God that you serve. Practice acting like you believe him. Put your smile on. Put your garment of praise on. Right? Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Don't get caught with your praise down. Practice your praise. Practice your praise. Get to know God. Get to know God. The more you know God, the more you'll know. Listen, this really isn't that big of a deal. This might keep some people awake at night, but I have great peace. The greatness of God swallows up the greatness of any storm. I live Zoe. Practice living Zoe. Amen? Close your book, bow your head, let me pray.